Praise the Lord. Uh, also a reminder, we do have pra- prayer this Tuesday. So those of you who are normally with us, you can plan on that. Glory to God. He's so good. He's so good. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the word of God? Yes. The, uh, the word transforms our life. It it blesses us and helps us. Would you turn this morning with me to Romans chapter 12? Uh, Romans chapter 12, this is kind of where we left off last week. So we'll just pick up here. We had been talking about the new creature in Christ. (laughs) When someone is in Christ, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, when you you get in Christ... The Bible says you are a new creation. Mm-hmm. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise God. And we're so grateful for that transaction, for that, for that moment when someone receives Christ and their whole life becomes new. Yes. Um, their whole destiny, if you will, um, gets changed, really. I mean, the destiny Amen. was there for them all along, but they just agreed with it and, and, and came into it. And, and we're so thankful for that moment. But um, I guess as a pastor, I've been stirred recently. I, it just it bothers me to see people who have prayed that prayer and then never progress past that point who never mature, who never get plugged into church, who never grow past that. And so as a body, I want us to understand the process that happens when someone gets born again and then understand what needs to happen after they receive Christ. Um, You understand when someone receives Christ, we would call them a spiritual baby. Yes. Why? The, Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus said uh, in, in John chapter 3, he said, what, can I, what must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? Right. And Jesus looked at him and said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Yes. And so that's where we get that phrase, born again. When I first saw that in the Bible, I thought born again was just a brand of Christianity. Before I knew God, I just thought, you know, you had your Baptist, you had your Presbyterian, you had your Methodist, you had your born again. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know it was in the Bible. But Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born. What does that mean? On the inside, you need to be born. You've been born naturally, but something needs to take place internally in your spirit. Amen. You need to be born again. And so uh, we're thankful for that, that process where your inside gets born again, but you, you're a spiritual baby. You were just born. And, and we said this, I believe we said this, or maybe I've just thought about it, but when you bring a baby home from the hospital, uh, you don't just set him in his crib and say, okay, be blessed. Right? What do you do with that baby? (laughs) Well, for the next year or longer, they're pretty much attached to your hip. (laughs) Right? That you're holding the baby, you're feeding the baby, you're rocking the baby, you're walking the baby, you're burping the baby, you're changing the baby's diaper. You are with that baby. You are not leaving the house unless you made sure somebody else is watching the baby. Right. It's all about the baby. Right? 
Well, as Christians, what do we think? I mean, why would we think that? I, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Receive Jesus as, as your Lord and Savior, and then say, okay, nice to meet you, goodbye. Good luck. No, 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 no. That, that baby will die. That's right. They will never grow. They will never progress. They will never receive all that God has for them. Why? Because babies can't feed themselves. They don't know how yet. Now, we said this last week, when you are, are born again spiritually, when you become a new creature in Christ, it doesn't have to take you 12 years before you can uh, do everything that you need to do like it would in natural life, right? Uh, before you can clothe yourself and take care of yourself and do everything that you need to do. You can grow faster. That's right. But Amen. only if... You're in the right place, you're feeding on the right thing, and you're learning what needs to be learned to grow. So in Romans chapter 1, um, we, we were looking at these verses. Go ahead and put that up for me. Romans, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 1. Yeah, you got it. Chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Amen. And then verse 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Amen. <laughs> oh, aren't you glad we can be transformed? Yes. Uh, but it's a process. Transformation is a process, and it, uh, we need to transform ourselves by the renewal of our minds. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, a baby, when they come home from the hospital, they can't tell you what's good to eat, what's bad to eat, what's good to watch on TV, what's bad. They can't tell you any of that. Why? They're a baby. So mom and dad, they dictate, this is what we're going to eat. For the first six months, you get milk. That's all you get. <laughs> That's all you get. Then we're going to add in a little bit more. We'll put in a little rice in your formula. We'll do this. We'll add a little baby food. And we gradually help you grow. That's right. And eat and take in what's good. Yeah, that is why... I, it's just unfathomable, unfathomable, I can't even say the word, to me, you know what I mean, that people could think they could, they could receive Christ and never go to church after that. How, how, how will you know what to feed on? How will you learn and grow? You can't successfully without a pastor. Now, will there be other people in your life who help you and, and show you things? Absolutely. Yeah. But primarily, your pastor is who is going to help you grow. That's right. And when, when you come to church and you, you say, we, we've looked at Romans 12, 1 and 2, both weeks here. So we get a clue. We write down Romans 12, 1 and 2. And what do we do? When we go home, we pull up. Romans 12, verse 1 and verse 2. I mean, that sounds elementary to some of us, but people don't always get this. 
They think, you know, they, they just take their Bible and they say, well, they said read my Bible. So it's a big book. I'm a little overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. So I'll just do it later. I mean, I was that way, right? It's a big book. So, so your pastor is going to give you some clues. It's, they're going to give you some help. They might put a book in your hands for you to get started with, for you to read. And that, that book might have some scriptures that, that you can look up and find out in your Bible. And this is what we do to help to feed ourselves. That's right. Amen. So we have... We have these two verses. Verse 1 talks about our body. Verse 2 talks about our mind. Last week we talked about our spirit. And the fact that all three of those things are a part of us. We are a spirit being. We have a mind. Our mind, our soul is comprised, our soul is comprised of our, our mind, our will, our emotions. Oh my goodness. Sometimes I wish I could just check the emotions at the door. Right? Right? Because they can throw you for a loop sometimes, those emotions. But how many know God gave us those emotions? He, he gave us individuality. He gave us, you know, there are some people, I have a, a dear friend that I met in college. She was one of the gals that helped lead me to the Lord. And, I mean, she will cry at the drop of a hat. I mean, you talk about an emotional gal. She just, everything that blesses her, she's like, oh, that's so wonderful. I mean, she just cries, you know, and part of me is like, what is your problem? <laughs> right? Because that's just not the way I'm wired. But I've come to love that about her, that everything touches her and her emotions are, are, are in line with the word. She's not overwhelmed by her emotions, but she expresses the goodness of God through her emotions. So we're not, we're not sad that we have them. We're not upset that we have them. But we want to make sure that our, our mind, our, our emotions are put in check by the Word of God. Yeah. Amen. 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 So we've got a spirit. We have a mind, will, emotions. We live in a body. Mm-hmm. And if Christians could just get this... They'd be off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. They'd be off to a good start. And so when we're talking about raising a a new baby in in Christ, when we're talking about raising up somebody, we're, we're, we're talking about helping them to understand who God's made them. Yeah. That they are this three part being. So that when their body starts to talk to them about doing the things they used to do when they didn't know Christ. And when their mind starts to think the way they've always thought before they knew Christ, we can help them, what? Cleanse, transform their mind. And last week, remember, we saw in Ephesians, it talked about washing or showering your mind with the water of the word. Yes. And we said this, how many times do you take a shower? At least daily. At least daily. Right? Why do we think our body needs a shower every day, but our mind doesn't need the word of God? Every day. You need it every day. Every day. I need, why? Because 
just because I, I've been a Christian for 30 years plus. Plus. A lot plus. Um, and here's the thing. Um, I still need the word of God every day. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the world will always be trying to tell you what it wants you to think. Amen. How it wants you to respond. Yeah. And, and so we've got to take in this word and let it transform the way we think. Why? Because as we let that word transform the way we think, that word then can get past our mind and drop down into our spirit. And the Bible says that the word of God is life to those that find that. That's right. Amen. That life drops down into your spirit and it grows from inside out and affects every part of your life. Mm -hmm. It affects your mind. It affects your physical body to where when you have to go to the ER within an hour, the pain completely disappears. Why? Because this person knows the word of God and has allowed it to transform his mind to the point where he doesn't freak out when symptoms come. He still goes to the ER. If you need to go to the ER, go to the ER, right? But the whole time you're realizing What's happening in my physical body is not what the Word of God says belongs to me. That's right. The Word of God says Jesus is my healer, that by His stripes I was healed. And so I believe what God has said. I'm allowing my, I'm telling my mind to think God thoughts. I'm redeemed, I'm healed, I'm strong, I'm set free from pain, and whatever's happening on the inside of me must align with what the Word of God says, not with what I'm feeling in my body. And because you know that your body is just simply the house your spirit lives in, that's right, amen. You can talk to that pain and expect it to change, and God can get in the process and change things. Amen. Amen. The things of God are not hard. They're actually quite simple. You just have to be willing to do them. We have to be willing to take enough of the word and wash our mind with it so that we actually start thinking the way God does and allow that word to drop into our heart so that when we need it, when circumstances come up, there's word there to speak. Yep. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, just as an example, I uh, wasn't planning to go here, but let, let's look at in Isaiah, verse 54. Isaiah 54 and verse 17. Just as an example of allowing the word to transform your mind. Um, Isaiah 54, verse 17. It says this. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute... Uh, every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Now just that first phrase, no weapon 
that is fashioned against you shall prosper. That's right. What does that mean? <laughs> for, the, for the believer, that means that anything that comes up in our lives um, that we can tell. Uh, remember we said this earlier, uh, God's good, right? And so if, if there's circumstances in our life that are not good, what do we know? It's not God. Let's not complicate it and, and, and put religious tones on and say, well, maybe God's trying to teach me something with this. No, there's only two reasons bad things happen and, and bad circumstances come up. Well, probably three. Number one, you screwed up. <laughs> I've been there. Hey, anyone else? <laughs> you screwed up and caused this situation, and now you need the mercy of God to help you. But God's merciful. Hey, Amen. he's merciful. Uh, the other situation is, if you're a Christian, is that the enemy sees you're on, uh, on target to fulfill the plan of God in your life, and he stirs up trouble to try and trip you up, to try and prevent you from progressing with God in whatever situation it is. And so in that case... And even in the case where you were dumb, yeah. even in, in a case where you messed up, God's so merciful. It says that if we'll confess that sin to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us, yes. cleanse Amen. us Amen. from yes. that sin. Amen. Amen. And so no weapon... Anything that's stirred up against you, no weapon that's fashioned against you shall what? Prosper. Other verses say prosper, succeed. Well, what do we do with that verse? Oh, this is the fun part about living for God. We take a verse like this, even just the phrase, that phrase, and we, what the Bible calls, we meditate on that. To meditate simply means to mutter it, yes. to chew on it. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon. And you might be thinking of a, a problem in your life. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. It can't succeed. It won't <coughs> succeed because God's on my side. God's my help. God's my answer. Amen. God's my help. God's my answer. God's my, and, and we say that to ourselves. We mutter that. We meditate on those things. And then it goes on to say, you shall refute. We don't really use that word, but I, I like to say it this way. You shall talk back. Yes. Talk back. To every tongue that rises against you in judgment. Remember, we're talking about renewing our mind, transforming our mind with the word of God. Why? Because the mind is the battlefield for the enemy. Amen. The enemy is going to try and talk to you through your mind. This is going to happen. And then once that happens, this is going to happen. And what if so-and-so does this? Then that's going to happen. And then you're toast. Wow. He's always going to t show you your demise. Whether big or small, he's going to play it all out for you. And you have to know scriptures like this. You have to have them so that, uh, you have to have them, so to speak, banked 
in your spirit so that your mind has something to work with. And then you talk back to anything that rises against you. Anything that talks against what God has already told you, you can have. The enemy will put out play by play what's going to happen in your life. So-and-so is going to do this, and then this is going to happen, and then that's going to happen, and then you're going to lose your job, and then you're going to do that, and blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to get sick and die. I mean, he'll add it all in if he can. He will. He'll add it all in. Amen. And your tongue is supposed to talk back. What do, what do you say? Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? God, he's going to kill me. No, 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 no. We answer back with the word of God. That's why we take the word in daily, because we're going to need to speak it daily. Amen. 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 Right? I mean, a lot of us take a daily vitamin. Why? You're yes. multivitamin, right? Because they say it's good for me. I don't know. They tell me I'm supposed to take it. I take it. That's right? right? That's right. But here's me. I buy the big bottle of vitamins. I take them for a couple days, forget about them, and then, you know, <laughs> I'm not very good with that. Well, that's what Christians do with the word. Oh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. I use this Bible on Sunday, then I tossed it back in the back seat of my car, and, you know, next Sunday, I'm like, oh, my Bible, right, where is that? Oh, probably still in the car. <laughs> Why? Because we didn't bother to look at it all week. As we said before, the things of God are simple if you'll do them. Yeah, amen. amen. No weapon, no weapon, no weapon. So you can look at a situation in your life and say, that's a weapon. Yeah. If it's a problem, it's a weapon. That's a weapon. And it's been formed to take something from my life, to steal something from my life, to dis, de, uh, detract, subtract from my life. Yeah. But if you've got the word in you and Amen. you put it in your mouth, you can talk back to that situation and say, I know it, it looks terrible. <laughs> It looks worse than worse. But God said no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I believe God more than I believe what I see. And that's faith. That's faith. That's faith. Taking what God said and putting it in your mouth and believing that what God says is going to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Now, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Yes, thank you. So we are a spirit. We have a mind, will, emotions. We live in this body. The body is all, the flesh, it's always going to want to do what the body does. It's always going to do in excess of whatever it's been doing. You know, if it used to, if it used to uh, drink a lot, it's going to still want to drink a lot. If it used to eat a lot, it's still going to want to eat a lot. If it used to, you know, whatever it is, if it used to do things that it wasn't supposed to do, it's still going to want to do that. Mm -hmm. That's right. And um, so our, our idea is to get our, our spirit strong enough, full of, enough of the word of God that our spirit can override what our flesh wants to do. That's right. But we've got this thing in between those two. We've got our spirit and we've got our body. We've got this mind, right? 
your mind is going to side with whichever part of you is stronger. Meaning, if your body is still, your fleshly desires are pretty strong, your mind's going to side with that. Your spirit man on the inside will say, no, don't eat another piece of cake. And your flesh will say, we want cake. And the mind will say, shut up, spirit. The body wants cake. And so you eat the cake. I'm just using examples for me, right? You can put whatever your flesh likes to crave in that. But if your spirit's stronger, if you've got word packed down on the inside of you and you've been studying and meditating on this, listen, even for a new believer, you might say, I only know two scriptures. Good. That's all you need. God will not leave you helpless or without support, the Bible says. He put his Holy Spirit on the inside of you. If all you know is two scriptures, that's enough to get you through the situation that you're facing. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough because God's love and his goodness is so great. That will help sustain you to the other side. Praise the Lord. But you have to concentrate on your spirit man, getting your spirit man strong. And the way we do that is we guard what comes through our mind. So Philippians Philippians 4, you turn there, I didn't. Philippians 4, verse 4. Well, no, uh, for time's sake, we better just go to verse 6. Nope, yep, 5. Nope, verse 6. Verse 6, Philippians 4, 6 says this. Now, this is a key for us. This is going to help us today. Do not. Everybody say, do not. Do not. Do not be what? Anxious. Anxious. About anything. Uh Uh-oh. I only knew two scriptures. I don't want one of them to be this. (laughs) Does the Bible really just, did it just say that? Do not be anxious. What does anxious mean? Worried, fretful, overly concerned, anxious. Do not be anxious about, oh, that's a big word. Okay, Lord, if you don't want me to be anxious about anything, what am I supposed to do? It tells us, aren't you thankful? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests. What does he mean? This weapon that's been formed against me. It looks like it's going to prosper. And I'm tempted to worry about it. I'm tempted to be upset about it, overly concerned. I'm tempted to fixate on the problem. Be consumed with the problem. And you understand, before someone's born again, that's all they can do. That's all they know how to do is fixate on the problem. So as a Christian, now we've got to transform the way we process and do things. We've got to transform the way we think, and we've got to think first about what God has said and how, what God said about this problem, what, this situation. And the Bible tells us 
not only is that weapon not going to prosper, but he tells us we're not allowed to be anxious about it. Amen. But instead, in anything that comes up, we're supposed to, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Now that sounds like a big phrase. What if you don't know about supplication? What does that mean? And la, la, la. Let's just say this way. In everything, you're supposed to talk to God. Yes. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. When something comes up, talk to God. When something bothers you, talk to God. That's right. Amen. When something looks too big for you, talk to God. Yes. Amen. I said, God, I don't, uh, this. <laughs> yeah. It's big. It's bigger than I, I know how to get through. It's bigger than my mind can wrap around. All my mind wants to do is worry about it. But you told me not to, so I'm talking to you about it instead. Amen. Can we do that? Yes. If it's in the Bible, then we can do it. Mm-hmm. The things of God are easy. It's not hard. It's just a matter of transforming, changing the way we think about life. Now, most of us in this room have heard this verse maybe a thousand times. And I, when, when the Lord directs me to go over verses that we all know very well, I start to talk to him and say, we know that one. But you know, we were just in Florida, and there were at least 100 ministers, if not more there, amidst a ton of, there was, I don't know how many people were there, 1,500. And you know what verse he went to? Why? Because all of us, every day, have to deal with this. This isn't, I mean, we're kind kind of talking about new believers here and what they first need to learn, but this is all of us. Every day of our lives, every day, like I said, every day I take a shower, every day I have to shower my mind, every day the believer has to work on this. So it says, don't be anxious about most things. Anything. Amen. Some of the things God says are big. And that word anything, that's big. Don't be anxious about anything. That's right. Now, this takes practice. It takes practice. Um, uh, I grew up in a house where we were taught to worry. We were taught to be concerned. We were taught to always be aware that things could go wrong in the future. And so, I mean, I, it took extra time for me to get my mind to do this, yeah. yes, to work this. And if I'm not careful, if I'm too tired in the natural, if, if there's a lot that's thrown at me, um, I'll have to physically pull open my Bible and read this again to make sure my mind does what it's supposed to do. Yes. Do not be anxious about everything. Ev- about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and, oh, aren't you glad there's an and? 
It's not just about what we do, but if we'll do what we're supposed to do, then the and comes in. And the peace of God, which, oh, I'm so thankful for this. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Anything that your mind could comprehend or figure out, the peace of God will trump it. It will go past it. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will, here we go, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yes, thank you, Lord. So this whole worry thing, when the worry and anxiety comes because the weapon's been formed against me and the circumstances come up, if I'll make my request made known to God and say, Lord, I'm not going to worry about this, but I do need to talk to you about this. God says, he promises that when we do that, there's something that's going to come alongside to help us and keep our mind steady. And that's this, the peace of God. Which leads me to believe if we don't do verse 6, we can't have verse 7. Meaning, if we refuse to talk to God about what we're anxious about, but instead stay anxious, if we continue to carry the worry and continue to fixate on the problem, we'll never get to verse 7, the peace of God. And here's the thing. (coughs) You can't work the things of God on your own. In your own flesh. You can't figure out the things of God. You can't figure out how he's going to make things better. You have to trust that he is. That he will. And for that, you need his peace. And so, I mean, even if it's 15 times a day, that worry tries to come to you and the enemy starts playing your future again of everything that's going to happen, you have to turn around and say, nope, Lord, you told me not to worry. You told me to talk to you about this. And I know I just talked to you 15 minutes ago, but here I am again. (laughs) And I'm going to say, Lord, with your help, I'm going to refuse to worry about that. And I thank you for working this situation out, for your good, for your best. You know better than me what needs to happen. And so I trust you. And as you start saying those things, talking to him, not just calling your buddies and saying, I I need your help, I need you to pray for me, I need you to do this, not just doing that, that's not bad necessarily, but you talk to God yourself. Why? Because you're a new creature in him now. He lives in you. He wants to commune with you. So you talk to him. Even if it's 15 times a day, he won't get tired of it. Why? He's a good dad. He's a good dad. You know, when my kids were two years old, we did things. We had different conversations than we do now when they're in their 20s. Why? They had a limited vocabulary. 
And God understands when you're first learning how to, how to put your mind on God's things, there's going to be some times where 15 times a day you're talking to him about the same thing. That situation right there, it's so big. I'm sorry, I'm back again because uh, you told me not to be anxious, but here I am. Yeah, yeah. But he's so faithful and so true. And I know I've gone a little bit long. Can we look at the next verse? And then I promise yes. we'll be done. So he helps us. This next verse helps us with what we do when those anxious thoughts keep coming at us. Finally, brothers, whatever is, why don't you say it with me? Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about what? These things. Think about these things. Think about these things. Things that are praiseworthy. Things that are lovely. Things that are just. Things that are pure. We could take all that and say, think about God's things. God's plan. God's way. Think about the things of God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind and keep you steady until all that the enemy has sent against you in the form of a weapon dissipates, yes. is squashed, is taken That's care right. of. Amen. Telling you, if you just know a few verses... It can transform your life. That's right. Thank you, Lord. And this doesn't just help the new believer. It helps every believer. That's right. Amen. Brother Keith Moore, who we were with last week, as we said, he was our teacher in Bible school. We've been listening to him for a long time. He says this. Every mind should have a bouncer at the door. Now, some of us didn't spend a whole lot of time in bars or places where you'd need a bouncer. But we've been told that there are certain places you can't go in unless you're a certain age, right? Yep. Why? Because they're serving alcohol and things. And so they put somebody out there that's big to decide who comes in and who has to stay out. That's right. Your mind needs a bouncer at the door. Yes. And it needs to be the Spirit of God. Amen. Lord, <laughs> is that lovely? I'm sorry, that's not lovely. It can't come in. That's right. I'm sorry, you're not pure. You cannot come in. Yes. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sorry, you are not lovely. You may, you may be true in the natural, but that's not God's truth. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Come on. And yeah. so I'm not going to think on that. That's right. Amen. Amen. This takes practice. Yes. But... It is so worth a life of peace in any situation. As we said in the beginning of the service, we're not glad because everything's just perfect in our lives. That's right. We're glad because Jesus has made us glad. He's given us joy and peace to get through any situation. That's right. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Everybody say this. God is good. God is good.
God is peace. God is peace. And his peace. And his peace. Will guard my heart. Guard my heart. And my mind. And my mind. As I talk to him. As I talk to him. Glory to God. You don't have to be anxious about anything. Yeah. Amen. And it's possible. Amen. Amen. Good news today. Good news. It's all good news. You're dismissed.